Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dada's Show coming to you from Wama, Africa. I'm your host, Ashiko Bune. Autism is a devastating and developmental disorder that affects the whole family wide and large. A diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder is both shocking and scary for both parent and child. The unique and at times odd aspects that are related to ASD uh, can affect the entire family, both psychologically and emotionally. The official data on autism prevalence in Kenya is yet to be found. However, according to the Autism Society of Kenya, a parent-driven organization that was founded in 2013, uh, they believe that it is 4%, which means that every one child out of 25 is autistic. This figure is actually higher than the global average. The good news is that the situation in Kenya uh, for both parents or parents and autistic children is improving. Uh, today we shall meet parents uh, to autistic children who have uh, created platforms to increase awareness about the disorder while bringing together parents and caregivers in similar situations to share information, experience and support. As always, we encourage you to take part in our conversation by joining us on all our social media platforms at the Dada's KBC. We look forward to hearing from you, we look forward to your feedback, your questions on this and any other episode. But before we dive right into the introductions, uh, kindly watch the following feature. Autism or autism spectrum disorders refers to a neurodevelopment characterized by challenges with social skills, repetitive behaviors, speech and nonverbal communication, as well as by unique strength and differences. Persons with autism spectrums each have distinct strength and challenges because of autism is a spectrum disorder. Some people with autism may require and depend on others for support in daily lives while others may need less support and in some cases live entirely independently. Signs of autism can be seen in a child as early as three years old. Some of the signs you should look out for are no back and forth sharing of sounds, smiles or other facial expressions by nine months, no interactive gesturing such as pointing, reaching or waving by 12 months, no words by 16 months, any loss of speech or social skills at any age, etc. A report by World Health Organization in 2018 estimates that one in 160 children has autism spectrum disorder worldwide. In Kenya, no official statistics have been released. However, the Autism Society of Kenya has estimated prevalence of 4% in 2007. Persons with autism face major problems such as lack of awareness in the community. This forces parents to feel uncomfortable bringing their children out without being judged. Parents and caregivers of autistic children have established support units for each other over the last decade. Taking care of them is very, very draining. You know, some, some of them, like, you know, they don't go to the toilet normally. So they, yani it's a lot of work that this will go through. And you know, maybe when a woman is pregnant, they expect to give birth to a healthy child, child who can walk, child who can eat, child who can speak. But now, when it, it doesn't happen like that, they feel depressed, they feel the you know, anxiety, they feel like blaming someone, they feel like maybe we're merogwa or something. And that is what brings the depression. No, no. So they need to be talked to every day. They need to be. They need an, a counselor, a professional, to tell them what to do. To just maintain them. You know, it's even draining them financially because they need a lot of money to take care of this person. Awareness, acceptance, inclusion for all persons with autism spectrum disorder. There should be policies in the government because the government should lay down policies that should be implemented down, trickled down to the society, the local Malayanshi. So the, the, the government should give them an opportunity and openings in the employment opportunities so that they can be absorbed wherever they go to. Welcome back. As mentioned, joining me today 
uh, parents to autistic children who have taken the initiative and created platform to disseminate information, to break a stereotype and to also support each other. I'm also very privileged to be joined by a trainee at Wama Africa. If you caught the previous uh, episode that we shot, we did explain uh, Wama Africa as a social enterprise establishment, a restaurant that uh, hires special need individuals. So today we have with us Chelsea who will be joining us. Uh, she is autistic and she's also a trainee here to give us a little bit more insight about her life and, and her experience here at Wama Africa. But right next to me is Miss Sylvia Mora who is the founder of Kenya organization Andy Speaks for Special Needs. Have I got any correct? Perfect. Persons Africa, yeah? Which uh, advocates for children with special needs and she is also a mother of two boys with autism, correct? Next, we have Mr. Duncan Kerr. Mr. Duncan Kerr uh, has been very, very vocal and it's also very admirable. He's a father. Most situations we find that the fathers tend to take a back seat, you know, uh, of course, according to traditional African society, the child, you know, raising and bearing is always designated to the woman folk. So, Mr. Duncan Kerr has a group called the Special Fathers Network, the Nairobi chapter. Uh, he has uh, made it note that it's a Nairobi chapter, there's a USA chapter. <laughs> He's the founder of that, Karibu Sana. Of course, I'd also like to acknowledge my wonderful audience. Uh, I am honored that each and every single one of you could take time from your busy schedules to sit with me and uh, to discuss this issue today. So, Karibu Nisana. So, to get the ball rolling, uh, I'll start off with a question that I asked during the break, uh, but I also feel like it's also important for the people at home and you know our audience, everybody to know. So, um, do you refer to do you know? Is it do you prefer to say a child with autism or an autistic child? I understand that's a debate in certain groups. <laughs> it is always. Um, debatable but uh, after a lot of fights and conversations you find that it's supposed to be a person first kind of approach yes. when you're referring to disability so that because when you say a child with it's like you're uh, the same way you say someone living with you're living so with your neighbor yes. by the disease and yes. you, do not want that. you don't want that because it is in them yeah. so uh, it's part of them part of so them. it's an autistic person okay Thank you so, so much. So still on you from our conversation, in your own understanding from the extensive research that you have done, how would you define autism or ASD? ASD. So autism spectrum disorder, as that's the long form. Autism is what we are comfortable with. ASD is the, initiative, uh, the initials for it, but it is a neurodevelopmental disability that is characterized by aspects of differences in social interaction, um, repetitive actions, and also we have uh, behaviors that are different in behaviors, and also language. So all these aspects are affected. But because we say autism is a spectrum, the one unique thing we have to also identify is there is no, if you meet one autistic person, it's one autistic person. They could have picked different aspects of the four quadrants, yeah? So you do not expect one person to be like the other. You can never find two autistic persons that are alike. Maybe they would share one thing in behavior or in speech difficulties or in intellectual uh, challenges, but there are no two people. It is a very wide spectrum. Whose cause is still not known? Your sons. I mean, uh, as you mentioned, that they are definitely two individuals, and yeah. I shouldn't even, you know, clump them together. Not at all. <laughs> no. So tell us about the, you know, tell us about. Um, Okay, so first, as a, as a developmental disability, when we talk about uh, neuro, that means the brain. So as your brain develops, there is the stages that are expected as a child. We say by this time, a child should have been able to attain certain milestones. So those are some of the early indicators. For me, in my case, uh, there was the indicators of growth, uh, which means he, the neck control was not there. You will find some who don't have eye contact, and you will also find they don't walk, talk like any other child the timelines that is expected, the typical 
time that is expected. So for my, and then uh, autism you'll find has comorbid conditions. Comorbid conditions means coexisting. So for my middle child, we say baby A, that's Andrew, and yeah. B for Brady. So for A, it, it, it started with the convulsions. Con convulsive disorder is one of the very common and epilepsy. So that's the most common. So it was first when he was a child, he was having a lot of gastro issues because the stomach, the gut, and the system uh, is one of the key things that can point out jaundice, it is as per the study, and if you look at um, autistic parents' assessments, you will see the early signs, because autism can come anytime uh, from birth to five years. It can come in at any one point. And it, um, as at now, that uh, awareness that we're trying to look at, we did not find out until he was like three, when he was not walking, he was not talking, so Andrew spoke at five. So, but we've had the gastro issues, we had uh, convulsions which were already under med medication. So when we did um, MRI is when we saw like, in, there was a liquid in your brain, you know our brain has so many components, part of it was not fully there. So we gave it five years, but still at five years, you know the only thing is like as a parent, you keep holding on to what yeah. you're told, and five years comes and goes, he spoke at five, but we are still at three letter sentences. So that's A. And then when you look at social interactions, he's the autistic person's like playing, it's a challenge uh, being with other kids. So he will try, but he would rather be, you'd, if we are all here, he would take his comfort item. They get also attached to things. Yes. So he likes fidgeting. It's one of the characteristics, but he fidgets with a stick. So he might, if we put him here, it's a new environment. The first thing you might do is go around, it's look for a stick. stick. Yes. That's the only time he will be able to sit calm because yes. you see that calms them down. So these are behaviors that we see, but it is their way of regulating the environment for them to be comfortable. Now, when we come to Bradley, who's, um, like we said, it's not linear. You can say high, low, mm -hmm. but um, it's not as severe. And he has more of ADD, that is attention deficit. That means, see that child that they cannot sit, they cannot do this for more than five minutes. They want to do this, they want to do that. Back in the days, we used to be told, uh, watukutu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that child, hey, hey, house key, you're house not settling that. So he's more, he's more <laughs> that characteristic. But also, he spoke at three, but he's more social. He'll come here, he's everyone, is my friend, he wants to take care of everybody. So you see, it's a spectrum, but they're two totally different individuals. And for him, when he started talking at three, it took a while, but at now when he's 10, he can speak English, Swahili. Another funny thing is, um, I saw Andrew was self-teaching Chinese, watching Chinese, and he started repeating. Wow. And uh, now you wonder, like, so should we put Chinese fully so that he can fully, you know, then, yeah. but you see some of these things, they can start and stop. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. You learn with every face. It's a new thing that you're discovering. Wow. Yes. Oh, gosh. I can, I can listen to... I love the fact that you're very knowledgeable about this. I mean, if someone, if someone met you for the first time or was hearing, we would be sure, ah, Sylvia has like a medical background medical. or something. Oh, yeah. Like that. <laughs> you know, so I do have to commend the fact that you have immersed yourself in this particular disorder so that you can be able to create an environment that is suitable for your young ones. So over to you, Duncan. Um, you have an autistic son. Uh, how old were, was, um, I know what Sylvia already mentioned, so the idea is to just pick out, you know, because they're all different. How old was your, was your son when he was diagnosed? And, and how did you start noticing? What were the telltale signs for you to feel there's something that, you know, is a bit different? So, yeah, so for, for me, my son, it was at age three. And one of the major things that uh, we realized is sleep. So because of the hyperactiveness, they rarely sleep well so i would go to work looking like a zombie <laughs> uh, another thing that we we caught is um, luca would place an object at a certain degree at a certain angle and if, if you move it even one degree either side he will notice and it will make him have a meltdown okay. he was fascinated with fox and how fox interlock with each other um, so the house looked like Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, um, that is, we went for a birthday party and uh, a lady asked us, uh, do you guys know that your child is special? Like, he's, he's almost like a genius. We're like, he's a child. You can't tell at this age. It's like, where are the rest of the children? They're in the bouncing castle. They're getting their, their faces painted. It's like, where's your son? 
your son is touching stones and feeling the edges of the stone wow. to, to get the texture. He's holding foxes and he, 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 he's just fascinated with what is happening around him. At and this point he was three years old. Yes. Wow. So at that point we were like, okay, well, let's go for a, a checkup. And, uh, our worst fears were confirmed that he's autistic. But it answered a lot of questions. And I remember the doctor asking us, do you, do you need time as a couple? I give you the room, you, you process it. And we were like, no, he was like, you are the first couple I've seen in many years who are still smiling after a diagnosis. But for us, it is because we understood. We now could relate with everything that he does. And uh, for, 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 as Sylvia was saying, we become, as parents raising kids with autism, you, you start becoming a doctor in yourself. Mm. Uh, no, no offense to doctors, but <laughs> like you start noticing. So recently, a few weeks ago, um, we also noticed my daughter has some traits which might mean she's autistic. And true to fact, when we took her for her, her diagnosis, it was confirmed. So now I'm raising her two. two. And two. for my daughter, she's, she's an albino. So she has albinism and autism. But albinism, I tell people, it's just your skin. It's is just a pigment, yeah. yes. So we noticed she was walking around like a ballerina. Ooh. And she was running on her toes and flapping. And so, and also very particular about her food, you know, her, her environment. And so, by the time we were going for the, the for the diagnosis, we really, really knew. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a confirmation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I must say there's definitely some freedom and some power with, with knowledge and knowing, yes. you know, as opposed to sort of just taking a stab in the dark. Yes. So at least you can be able to prepare and see uh, what comes next. So, uh, moving on. Hi, Chelsea. Hi. How are you? Fine. I'm so happy that you're joining me here today. Yes. And I think everybody's very excited to hear from you, yeah? <laughs> so, um, what, 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 would you, what, what do you do here at uh, WAMA because you're a trainee? I am a trainee at the barista. Yes, and a barista. Yes. Yes. So, what, what, what do you enjoy the most about being here at WAMA? I enjoy making tea for the customers. Do you, do you enjoy serving the customers? Yes. Oh, that's nice. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Chelsea. We'll come back to you in a little bit. So, um, mm -hmm. Sylvia, so we've touched a little bit about when they start communicating. You mentioned sometimes it's three years, uh, five years. Is there a specific form of communication? How do they communicate to you? Okay. Um, with the spectrum being so wide, you have those who are verbal, non-verbal, those who are, uh, let me just be complex, Asperger's syndromes are the geniuses, mm. the ones who can communicate, look totally normal, but then there are other uh, characteristics. Then there are those who are partially verbal. So in autism, we have something called selective mutism also, where they say that there are times someone will talk, there are times they will just not talk. So the challenge with the very non-verbal is they don't all start talking at the same time. Like I said, one started at five, the other one started at three. And uh, speech therapy is important. But now you will find a child who cannot, one of the characteristics you'll find also when it comes to speech and language, because those are two different things. There's speech and there's language. Mm -hmm. So if, as a parent, you have a choice of starting uh, with sign language. But remember, it's a brain development disorder. So yes. complex things might not really work for them. Yeah. So we have uh, an option of using picture, picture exchange, mm -hmm. where if I'm telling them this is water, I introduce a photo that will relate so they understand. So when they want to communicate, you can have a corner where if it's something that I want, I can go there, pick, go pick it and then show you. you. that. Yes. But the most human default communication they will have is called by guiding. This means as a child, if I want something, I'll come to you, get your hand, take you to where I want. Mm -hmm. So this comes secondary to help you, let's say if it's in the kitchen, you know, there is so much. If they take you to a cupboard, you know you can be like, okay, yeah, what of all exactly, yeah. yes. So you can train them slowly if they are the ones who have shown indications that they can pick up words, one, one word words, because you see they'll find they'll be able to, to mime what it is that you're saying. So that's another option. In the UK, I did my research across <laughs> the globe. Yeah, yes. So um, in the UK, what I found, like in school, they have uh, something they call maktop, 
where they bring sign language plus picture exchange and actual speech. Mm -hmm. So you find, and they involve the family, and that's something we are lacking here, where you find that um, as a parent, you know, whatever is in school is also at home. Mm -hmm. This is to save them from the fact that when I'm in school, I can communicate. When I come home, I'm they so frustrated. Yes. And of course, it, I mean, considering that, you know, uh, they, they're communicating in their own language. Their own way, yeah. So of course, that would also reduce the frustration that they, that would, they would get. Because they're getting hard in school, but they're not getting hard at home. Uh, at home, yeah. which is of course very crucial to them. Yeah. So, um, care. What therapy has made the most difference to you? Um, so, uh, uh, Sylvia will tell you the costs involved because you <laughs> oh. you have to do speech therapy, occupational therapy. Uh, you can you can also include behavioral therapy, just to teach them how to interact with other kids and. Each of these items is charged differently. Mm -hmm. It's not one fee, and depending on the center you, you take them. So for my son, Luca, he's non-verbal, and he communicates by show. So he will, if he wants something, he will pull you to where that thing is. The so guiding. You, the guiding. Yes. So you can imagine if you're standing in the kitchen, and you're like, okay, just tell me what you want. <laughs> but with time, as parents raising uh, kids with uh, uh, kids uh, who are autistic, I can tell you, we, we figure, we try to figure before the child, we are like, okay, I know this is what you want. And because they are very particular, they limit the scope of the things they want to very particular things. So like uh, I was explaining to Sylvia earlier, um, my son only drinks water, that is the only fluid he takes. Mm. So doesn't drink soda, doesn't drink juice. Which narrows down, you yeah. know, if you take it to a supermarket <laughs> yeah. and there's baby fresh and there's exactly. so that is all. Only water that is all he takes. Um, he does, we try to avoid giving him wheat because uh, they say gluten uh, affects, but some of these things it's trial and error. Mm. He loves his ugali, so he has his ugali sometimes in the morning because he doesn't drink tea or his rice. And yeah, he's good to go. He's good to go. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a brilliance to it, and, and I hope you're not you know, speaking okay, to yeah, it. There's some sort of brilliance to it, and I think sometimes as human beings, if we open our minds to the possibility that not everything has mm -hmm. to be one way, yes. mm -hmm. that there are multiple facets of our existence and our brain and how we, how we think of things, then I think we will be in a position to completely understand. Because I'm seeing, I'm seeing the genius aspect to, to how all the kids, your kids are behaving. Yeah. You know, and I'm hoping that um, as the information continues to be disseminated into society, we'll start looking at autism as just um, another character, uh, characteristics uh, you know, to, to children, to individuals. Mm -hmm. So for instance, Chelsea is, is functioning. She's here and she's having work at 23 years old. So Chelsea, my dear, tell me, what mm -hmm. do you, once you graduate, what do you want to do after uh, I want to be a barista. You want to be a barista? Yes. Do you know of a specific place you would like to go? No. You don't have one yet? Yes. So the barista who makes, makes tea, how do you make tea? How would you make tea for me? You you grind the coffee beans, yes. then you put them in a, something like a kichungi, yes. then you thumb, then you put it, you connect it to the to a machine, then you put the start button on, then you put the cup under. If it's a small cup, it can enter under. If it's a big cup. You put the two green cups, which will, which will, which the coffee will enter inside. Then you put the coffee inside the cup. Then you put milk. Oh wow, wonderful! You'll have to make for me a cup of, of, of tea when we are done. Who else would want a cup of tea from Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, wonderful. Now going back to what we were, was speaking about. Um, in terms of disseminating information. And of course, the organizations that we've even spoken to and the ones that I was even doing research, most of them are actually, you know, parents guided, parents organized ETC. Do you feel like there is a gap between what the various ministries, you told me it's an inter-ministry, inter-ministry, uh, you know, undertaking. It's just not uh, responsibility. It's not just Ministry of Health. 
Yeah. Do you feel like there is enough support and assistance in doing the research? Because like you mentioned, there's still no specific cause mm. of, uh, of autism, yeah. you know. So do you feel like there's enough and adequate support that you get from the ministry? I'll let both of you answer that, but we can start with Sylvia. Um, trust me, I've sat in all those ministries. You kept there waiting until they can't even tell you first, this is the actual person, this is the actual department. Mm -hmm. uh, and it can be very frustrating. Uh, it's just reasons that we have, or most of us have come out and then now we are being heard finally and something is being done. And um, you will find that when you look at autism, it's a multifaceted. You cannot say it's a, it's a health issue, it's a social issue, it's a human rights issue. So all of them have to come together. And when you are talking about statistics, that also plays. The statistics are not there because of the complexity. And you know, as human default, something you don't understand, you don't want to start on Absolutely. it. Yeah. Yes. So you find you need to have health, you have to have education, and you have to have social protection. Those are the key three that you always have, and the human rights, because we've seen a lot of injustices. But you find here in our country the challenge that we are having. If I go to the Ministry of Health, I say, I'll give you an example from one of the projects that we have. We come together, we raise the funds, we say, okay, for us who understand our children, a special unit requires ther therapy, like he says, it's a lot of money, it's time. You think we'll have our jobs if we are supposed to do the three times a week that we're supposed to, I'll be forever out. And that's why you find also the economic angle of it, uh, parents being affected because they can't retain their jobs or you're reduced to menial jobs that uh, you can they run and come back. They don't take too much time, yes. Exactly. So health, in terms of if I have convulsions, I need medication. Most of our kids are on medication, be it supplements, be it for the anticonvulsants. And you find in the neurodiverse space, you will find that those who have other conditions like their eyes or you need, if it's flat-footed, you need corrections for that. And uh, if you're going to school, if you don't do occupational therapy, that child will not be able to settle in school. Yes. So that means a Ministry of Education, Ministry of Health needs to work together. But if you go here, you're told that's a Ministry of Health There's issue. If you go, exactly. Yes. If you come and say this is the disability, then it goes to the National Council, which is under social protection. Yes. And even then, they do not have the mandate to actually punish and tell these people you have to do you this. To. So you see, you find that synergy is not there. And we are hoping that soon and very soon, thank God we have a new government, that something can actually finally get yeah. done. And then we will be able to have them see how this can work for all the different ministries so that we can have better services for our children. Well, which is good. So this is a call to, to task, uh, to, the, to, the, to the government of the day, quite literally, um, that um, this is something that is here with us. Uh, what is it, the first, I think the first case must have been diagnosed over 70 years ago. So if it has been happening and, and all the organizations are currently being run by parents, uh, what is the government going to do about it? You know, the incumbent government, what are they planning to do about it? How are they going to fill those shoes? Well, shoes that have never been filled by any governmental bodies. How are we going to try and assist uh, in a situation, in a condition that is uh, here to stay? You know, so we're going to take um, a small break and then we'll pick up the questions uh, when we come back. Uh, so we'll see you in a bit. Welcome to Wama Africa, located on Dangari Road in Lovington. Wama is a social enterprise restaurant, bar, and function space which trains young adults living with disability and special needs. Wama is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner from 8 a.m. till late, seven days a week. Walk-ins are welcome. Welcome back to the question and answer and the most interactive uh, part of the show. I look forward to this every time because I always want to hear uh, the thoughts and the opinions of my audience. To start us off, uh, we will have Faith Ken. Uh, thank you, Ashiko. My name is Faith Ken, and uh, my question goes to Sylvia. First, I'll start by congratulating you for the nice work you've done. So my question is, how do you balance running the organization and uh, plus your kids, you as a mom, and also you as a person, you have also your life. How do you manage the both of them? Then another question goes to both of you. Being that you have uh, autistic kids, how do you feel while interacting with other parents? And uh, does they treat your kids like special kids? Or like what type of interaction do you have when you meet your fellow parents with other kids who are not special? 
Thank you. So first of all, work-life balance is important. Uh, the organization is not my main job, but it will become my main job. My actual career is I'm a graphic designer and a brand consultant. So planning is key. And support system is another thing. And the thing with uh, autistic kids, once you have them in a routine, they thrive. You have to have a routine. I wake up, I do this, I do this. So they're in school right now, so I can run around. So I set my meetings aligning that I will drop them to school and then I'll do my meetings, I'll pick them by four. I continue my day ends at midnight. So every part of my day is a section of which personality I am because there are all other uh, also responsibilities that I have. I am Miss Africa, I sit in the National Council Board, we have activities that we run to support other parents. So, so long as you plan yourself, that is very sufficient, you'll be able to. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, that's well put, uh, Sylvia. So it's just, the key is in the routine, routine. Routine, routine. planning, yeah. support system is also very routine, important. Routine, planning, support system. I Delegation. Believe. Delegate what you don't necessarily have to do it by yourself. Oh, I think that's very good and I think we'll, we'll upload it onto our social pages. Mm -hmm. For any other parent who's out there who is wondering how to, you know, the work-life balance. Uh, so you said routine, delegation, planning. 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 And of course support system. Everybody yes. needs a support system. Uh, Duncan? Yes, uh, discrimination is there. Uh, we, we face a lot of discrimination in terms of when I say we, I mean we as parents raising kids with special needs and our children because, because of the ignorance that society has in terms of understanding what autism is about. Because in the African context, they believe autistic kids are violent. So you will find probably your child not being invited for birthday parties because they don't understand that someone can be so calm and they're autistic to them, most people go straight to this person is violent. And autistic children are not violent. It's sometimes they have what we call meltdowns. And meltdowns is because they're frustrated about something. Or there's probably, you know, change in weather. And they feel sensitive about that. So it is, for my friends, I educate them and I don't see discrimination. But for strangers, sometimes you can see it. But I go out of my way to try and educate. And if you don't want to be educated, I don't need to be interacting with you. So you, you will not be anywhere near my children. Yes. I think that's wonderful. I think at the end of the day, you do have the choice yes. in who is going to be around your children. Same way whether we are talking about differently abled, autistic, I think the choice is up to us. If you feel like you're in an environment where people are not stepping out of their comfort zone to educate themselves about very crucial matters, then you have the option to pull yourself out of that particular situation. Even a school, isn't it? Yeah. You know, even schools where they refuse uh, to compromise and meet people halfway, I, I believe then um, there's a right and there needs to be a way where it can be uh, reinforced. And we mm -hmm. are their voices, for example, the mm -hmm. non-verbal. Mm -hmm. We have to speak up for them. Okay. If we don't speak up for them, they can't speak up for mm -hmm. themselves. And some of the emotions, it's the parents who take the pain when your child is discriminated against because your child might not even notice when they're being discriminated against. They're, they don't take things so personally. Remember their emotional content is higher than ours. Their pain threshold is higher than ours. The way they see things, um, just to, and then you see the other thing is that being different in maybe how they do things in their routine. You saw how very uh, meticulous she was in explaining that you had how the sun arranges things. That's their nature. They do things in a very specific way. So you, the, the environmental factors is what brings in the stigma. It's not even the child being different, but we who are around are the ones who make them feel out of place. We are the ones who uh, accentuate the, that the environment is actually not comfortable for them. So it's about the society accepting. Why should they adapt to us while they're the fewer population, mm -hmm. while we can, we can be able to a, adopt yes. and accommodate them? Mm -hmm. So the ball is back to the society and the community to embrace difference and take it up. Thank you so much, Sylvia. I don't even feel like there's anything else I can add to that. That is so well put. <laughs> so the next question is uh, by Anne. Yes, Anne. So my question goes to both of them. Is it only genetically passed? And if it's only genetically passed, what about 
these young couples uh, who are maybe about to marry and you know maybe a girlfriend or a boyfriend it's somewhere somewhere what will be your say to them at the same time those who are married uh, <laughs> they have never experienced it but maybe they are on the way to discover whether the child is autistic or not what will be your say to them to cover up the fear, overcome the fear, the challenge, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'll tell you it's not genetic. Yeah. Yes, so don't think about it in terms of genetics. It, it is just a condition that happens. So don't be afraid to get married. If you are autistic, there's no gene to find. <laughs> stop looking at your family just to top on that when it comes to genetics actually Aga Khan University is doing uh, research on that but genetics is one of the many hypotheses that are currently existing on the causes of autism we have that we have vaccine we have that those who say because of CS that those who are talking about age of the parent but all these are things people are assuming but there is no scientifically proven way to say that this is actually it yeah so it is something that is um, across board and uh, the, the other question about marriage, like he said, even if I, let's say for me, I, had, uh, I have my kids who are autistic, there is no return that if I give birth, my firstborn is not autistic, it's just the other two. The, if you ask me as a parent, the only correlation is I had difficulty in pregnancy during the last time. And it can happen during pregnancy, it can be in you, it is triggered by something else. It is, uh, remember where we started? Spectrum. Same as also the cause. It is very wide. Everyone has their own story. Yeah. So, and you never know who's going to be next. So don't be like, uh, it's gonna. And about knowledge, that's why we're doing, um, about knowing, we're spreading awareness so that when you give birth and your child comes, remember we all expect a perfect bundle of joy. But if God gives you this child, love them for who they are and not what you expected them to be. Sure. The only way you'll be able to accept and love them for who they are. Wow, that's, yeah. that's quite... To just yeah. emphasize, mm -hmm. I have a 14-year-old and a 7-year-old who are absolutely normal. normal. Mm. I like I like the fact that you use the word normal, and I think it's good so that we can <laughs> we can bust the normal. Who says bust some of those myths? Because then I, and I don't want to turn around and, and become a chic or the philosopher, because I do believe sometimes normalcy is very relative. Okay, yeah. what works for you may not work for me. Yeah. I think it's always about perception. How do you view things? How, what is your outlook on certain matters? And sometimes what uh, informs your perception is um, is like what she's saying. Um, educate yourself. Have knowledge about certain things then know that the array of options that is out there you know it's good that today most probably somebody at home has learned that um, all these are all being hypothesized like you yeah. said people mm -hmm. are still trying to find out what mm -hmm. are the root causes and what causes autism you know so in the meantime can we stop Go Branding. <laughs> no, let me give you because an interesting fact. Bias, the stereotype <laughs> needs to stop. You know, if I drink yes. from the same cup as this person, if I you can transfer it, it can be transferable because that. That, and, and I do like that question because many may not come out and say it, you know, but it is something that is lingering in the back of their minds. Because God. now I'm being, Nani, Mr. Mr. is trying to talk to me and he has an autistic brother. Ah, you can see the end. Ah, you can see this is a change. No. Yeah, so culture obviously plays a big role, society plays a big role, but the big uh, demystifier obviously is education. Educate yourself, there are resources all over the place that can be able to help you. So let us move on. The next question was coming from Pauline. Thank you, Ashiko. So I wanted to ask both of you, are there programs that help um, parents with autistic children in rural areas and those from the ghetto that cannot afford therapies? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a good question. Oh. Okay. Well, that's, that's a difficult question because I'm, I'm in an urban area and I don't want to say they're not there, but if they're there, they're very few. Mm. And as we started this conversation, we said these are parent-led initiatives. So, and there's so many, I mean, and I don't know how many WhatsApp groups of 
parents raising kids, not only with autism, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. other special needs. Because my group is not of dads raising kids with autism. It's, I'm not sure, and I don't want to blabber about something I'm not sure, but I can assure you there's someone somewhere who's doing something, and God bless them, and may their cup be filled. Depending on which slum, if someone has a question, you can reach out to us as Andy speaks. We can direct you to where you can get the closest support system on ground for you. Because you find that um, when you're helping and intervening, like I said, it's multifaceted. So it depends which organization is helping in what ways. There are those ones that go to the ground and set up a therapy center for free. All right? And there are those ones who will have, like Special Olympics, will come and give therapies to train the parents to be able to do it at home. So there are different approaches that different organizations use uh, so that they are able to support the guys on ground. Yeah. If we can pick some information from their own stories, and that was primarily the reason why we got the parents and uh, not uh, the professional per se, because people who are living in the compound and living in the vicinity and living in the same house. So, like she said, it's a very broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. However, there are certain similarities that are shared. So, like you're asking, if you know, if you have a child and you start noticing the speech impairment, mm -hmm. if you start noticing, you know, specificity in certain things, just little odd quirks here and there, then, of course, then you can seek you know, seek a second opinion, a third opinion, you can visit Kise, you can visit all the organizations that we've talked about. Of course, it's also important to access the internet. Is The internet is a treasure trove of information. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do feel, you know, go read up on it. I'm still in awe of Sylvia and how much information that she's been able to acquire, you know, for the duration of her sons being alive. And I'm thinking, where are people who go to school for all that time? So, <laughs> so we're going to have the next question and then we will close up with uh, with Adam. So Bashir, you had a question? No, sure, I had a question. <laughs> yeah, uh, my question is for Duncan, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so it's quite impressive because I listened to how he's been able to talk about it, especially when he had situation with the second child yeah. that I listened to. That's quite impressive. But my question really is, when you said strangers, strangers with ignorance, yeah. that's where I'm going. Yes. Sometimes you're in a situation. Yes. Yeah, friends you can manage, but you know, strangers, how then do you deal? You see, your child is attached to a stranger in yes. this circumstance. And at the same time, you know quite well that that stranger is ignorant of the fact that, you know, uh, a meltdown, yeah. for instance, is going on. So how do you maintain that sort of so, delicate balance? Yeah, thank you, Bashir. I think it's also really good if you even expand on the stranger bit and even talk about the caregivers, eh? yes. some of the, 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 the nannies, you know, yes. if you take a child to, during the holidays, Ushago, Akienda, you know, how would you approach something like that? So you, you have to be deliberate. So you have to be deliberate in terms of informing. So for me, uh, unlike other African or Kenyan men, when nannies are being hired, I sit down and interview them with my wife. Mm. Because <laughs> I have to be deliberate as a father and I have to explain to them, uh, do you know what autism is? And if no, can I explain to you, are you able to be patient? You need. I've been blessed to have uh, two caregivers who are very patient with my children. Uh, for strangers, if, I, if you invite me for a party in your house and I have to come with my children, the first thing I walk in is I'll have to tell them, look, he's autistic. Mm -hmm. At some point, he might have a meltdown. Have a meltdown or hide your phones. He's mm -hmm. very gadgety. Because <laughs> 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 he'll want to touch every phone. Uh, don't mind him, don't try to touch him because yeah. he hates people in his space. Yeah. If he feels comfortable, he'll walk towards you and try to interact with you. Mm. Do not mind about him being all over the place. Mm. He's just being himself. Mm. So you, you have to be deliberate with strangers. You, you, you can't shy away from telling them that or this assume. is the condition yeah. that this child has and this is why they're behaving the way they are behaving mm. so and make them feel make the stranger also feel comfortable and ask them ask me the questions you have so that you're you're, you're not shy and you're not being ignorant and saying like someone once told me uh, you should buy parrot water and give your son so that your son can talk you know yeah. <laughs> and, and i was like how do you react to that how do you 
you so, react to that? <laughs> so I just laughed because I'm like, wow, like oh. I can't help you. Like clearly, yeah. there's something wrong with you. I, I think even <laughs> even having sometimes a good sense of, I think with even the liberty, and I have interacted with you. You know, yeah. like I was mentioned to the audience, I've known I've known Duncan for very 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 many years. You know, even having a good sense of humor sometimes and um, accepting the cards that uh, life has dealt you. Yep. And, and, and loving those children and adoring those children. And then now that time you're not going to be so close-chested that whenever someone makes a comment like, can I buy your son parrot water? What parrot water? So that he can talk. Is it sold in the supermarket? Is it in the supermarket? You know, and can we... Like what you said about being the liberator, and of course, you know, I think being comfortable in your situation and accepting your situation as it is eh, will 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 stop you from shying away. It is okay to come out and say, "My son or my daughter is autistic, and we are in your house, so this may happen." And I, this is the situation. I mean, I'm not scared and I'm not embarrassed of my child. Yeah. Do you have a question that you want to ask me? Because I think most of the time they are always is always always uh, our 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 very able host you know this is the founder of wama of course wama here they do hire autistic young adults like chelsea uh so you you had a question <laughs> thank you uh my first quick question is to chelsea and a message for other employers what makes you happy about coming to work up very early in the morning prepare myself to work, the first thing I find at work is uh, the barista uh, lady standing there waiting for me to come to arrive in school and start learning. That's what make me, makes me happy. Fantastic. Wonderful, yeah. And the final question for the parents. What can uh, restaurants and other hospitality establishments throughout the country do uh, to make themselves more inclusive for families uh, such as yourselves? Um, okay, first and foremost, uh, I, I love that you see an artistic person is normal like any other person. They want to be integrated, they want to be part of the community, they want to do and have a life. Because that autistic child will still become an autistic adult. Yes. This thing we are doing that special kids sit on this special corner. There is no special world for There is no special society. Them. So mm -hmm. this society has to integrate them to the part of us. So first of all, let's educate ourselves. Let's learn the things that they can do. They are very good with sequence. They are very good with routine. Like they are the best in IT. We always see uh, people being hailed from outside. But why are they getting to the point at which they are? But if you look like um, the, the boy who was blind and very vocal. Um, I forget so it. Let's talk about uh, other owner of Virgin Atlantic. Let's talk about the owner of Microsoft. Let's talk about uh, Bill Gates. Let's talk about Elon Musk. What's the first thing you think? Very wealthy. What's what, one thing that nobody knows? They are all autistic. Yes. But they are autistic. And they are rising. Exactly. But they are rising in their space because they were given accommodation was made, mm. and they were given a chance to do what they are very good at. Yes. And once employers realize that, and for us even as parents, because we start from us as parents, when we accept them, we create the opportunities. Because I had an option of blocking myself and saying, oh my God, I'm doomed, and that's the end of it. But if you can't give your child uh, that chance, if they're doing this, they don't like it, they're not getting it moved to the next, God cannot be unfair. No. All of them have that special thing that they can do. Find that. Then, for the employers, just give them a chance. Don't um, focus on the label. Focus on the able. That's one of my favorite wow. sayings. So don't judge me because because there is a lady who says she went for for an interview. She she was shortlisted, but the minute she walked in, the anxiety kicked in because it's part of it. Yeah. And she said, "Apologies, I'm autistic," and that was how she was struck off the list. Yes, she was the best candidate. So let's stop branding and judging. Mm -hmm. Give an opportunity. Make the environment comfortable. If the light is too much, dim it. If I like, like look at my things forcing off, face my things, <laughs> you know, mm. you make them uh, uh, comfortable and then give you the best service ever. I, I think that's also really good, especially for the pa patrons. Eh? If the patrons are coming and you notice that somebody is autistic, eh? if Luca is going to come and take people's phones and you know, just put the phones away, you know, yeah. let's be accommodating. I think what 
what any single person would want when they're frequenting a joint or whatever. They would want a place that is inclusive. They would want a place that is not going to be quick to judge. If you do see a child having a meltdown, you know, for instance, you see here you sort of have it covered because, you know, you really do understand the spectrum. But in other places, if a child is having a meltdown, you'll see the other patrons, you know, you know, sneering and making faces and doing all of that. At the end of the day, we all need to have a lot of tolerance for each other, including uh, establishment owners. Because like Sylvia said, these kids are not going to be locked out and these kids are not going to remain kids forever. They will grow and they will become adults and they're still very functional members of society. So when we are looking at establishment, hotels, clubs, whatever, all these places that are, you know, social places, you know, educate the staff. Let the staff know that not everybody is going to be the same. People are going to be different. And when you find that the table has been arranged in a certain manner, don't run back to the supervisor and say, Kukona mtaja number 14, mimi sielewe, nika ayuko, uyo ayuko kabisa. No. So we need to practice tolerance. I'm going to end the show there. It has been a wonderful, very, very insightful show. And I would like Chelsea, Chelsea, who is my panel guest over here and a trainee here at Wama. Uh, she's also autistic, but that is not her brand. She is an individual and she's very capable. So I'm going to give her the highest honors today by closing my show. So Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you all of you for watching Wama, Dada, at Wama. Thank you so, so much. Need I say more? <laughs> She's taking my job. <laughs> so on behalf of our production crew uh, at KBC and my location partner, Wama Africa, my very, very able panel and the audience at large, I want to wish you a good day. Let us have tolerance. Let's practice consideration. Let's also educate ourselves in certain facets in life that we do not understand. Until next time, next week, same place, same here. It's the Dada Show, and I'm your host, Ashiko Bu.